welcome to Over in Smith, a H.P. Lovecraft podcast where we read in one of H.P. Lovecraft's stories, uh, usually with another person. We commentate on it. And there will also be an audiobook version of this story for you to listen at your leisure if you don't want the commentary. Um, my name is Faith, and today with me is one of those one of those other gods, you know, Jesse. Hi, I'm 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 the god of like I'm the god of that thing that happens when you're about to go to sleep, but then you jerk real bad and then wake up. Oh fuck! That's what I'm the god of. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. People don't like me. Uh, okay. What a no, cursed I, there, god! There is a reason what a cursed why that thing happens. to be a god of. What is it? Is it because you were originally supposed to go to sleep and never wake up? Well, yeah, it's because you're supposed to go to sleep and then die. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Which honestly would be a... Uh, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, that I'd be, be fine with that. would be the worst thing to ever happen. It's Listen, it's either dying in my sleep or dying in a olive garden in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> well well no the reason why is uh what happens is you're basically your mind is misfiring and when your body is starting to go into that like paralytic state it goes into before you actually go to bed and go to sleep because your body is technically somewhat paralyzed to stop you from jerking it feel your body feels like it's a uh, falling oh shit okay yeah. that's that why makes it happens a lot of sense oh that's yeah, spooky. So, it's it's your it's your mind being like, hey, you're falling. You need to get up now. And, oh, you know, I don't yeah. like that. No, no, I don't like that either. I, I feel like that's a bug. I, I feel like you should. <laughs> oh, speaking of the food that I've been waiting <gasps> your, for. Oh, your food's here. Go get it. Go get your food. While Jesse's getting food, I'm going to tell you about my axolotl, Mitzli. She now knows when I'm going to get her worms because. That's that's the best diet for axolotls is earthworms. So now she knows. Uh, when I come in and grab her dish and I come back in, she'll come out of her cave and she'll get ready for worms. She's so smart. I'm so proud of her. Unlike other axolotls, she also doesn't eat anything smaller than her head, which is very good because that's terrifying. I just want to share that bit of information. Uh, my axolotl's real smart, and I love her a lot. Very proud of her. In other news, one of our cats, who was astray for a year before we adopted him, uh, has discovered kitty bits, and he loves them. He loves them so much. I don't think he realized that he was allowed to sleep in them at first. But now he does, and it's very exciting. They're so soft and plush. And you can sleep in them all the time. It's very nice. His name is Meester, and he's very big and very orange. I got some miniatures today. I got two really Kuma ones. I got a Pokemon one. It's like a little terrarium and a Pokeball. It's very cute. Um, it has a Dumphy with a Clefairy riding on its back. It's very cute. Uh, oh, and a Kirby one as well. So I noticed that Ulthar is a part of this story. Ooh. From Cats of Ulthar. I'm very excited now. It does, and it mentions the events of Cats of Ulthar. Ooh. Yeah. Or it touches on them, at least. Uh, it also mentions Kardath, but that could have only, or Kadath. But I think that was only mentioned in Cats of Ulthar. 
No, it was mentioned in something else, too. No, Nier, I think it was mentioned in the white ship. Yeah, Nier is also mentioned. Um, Bardsai is a new one, and Hithay are new ones. But yeah, Ulthar and Kadath are both mentioned. Some more dreamland mythos. Now that we're heading into another dreamland stuff, is there a highly inaccurate blurb? Yes, there is. The last of the explicitly Dunsenian tales of Lovecraft's early period, The Other Gods, was written on August 14th of 1921. It is the one story that attempts to imitate the cosmicism that is at the heart of Dunsany's early work, especially The Gods of Pagana and Time and the Gods, uh, respect- written respectively in 1905 and 1906. So they were written 15 years before this was ever written. Uh, Lovecraft has deliberately established links with his previous Dunsanian tales, with mentions such as the Nicotic manuscripts from Polaris, Ulthar, and the character Adel from The Cats of Ulthar, and the like. It could be argued that his citation of other gods who lurk behind the mild gods of Earth anticipates the later Cthulhu mythos. The story was first published in the Fantasy Fan in November 1933. So this was published 12 years after it was written (laughs) for the first time. It's real unfortunate. Like, he needs to get a better uh, agent. (laughs) Well, there was a bunch that were, like, um, published, like, a month after they were written. Um... Like a lot of his night, his everything he wrote in 1920 seems to have been published within that year, or the beginning of 1921. But yeah, so we're we're gonna get some mentions of Ulthar, one of the characters from Ulthar, some stuff from Polaris. It's, it's gonna be a party in the Dreamlands. Well, okay, here's 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 one of the things that I notice, and this is something that I. He's getting better at Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when he's describing things. And oh, yeah. When he's describing spooky things is even better, mm-hmm. which is why, like, From Beyond was like, mm, chef kiss. Like, oh, real good. From Beyond was r- real good. But, like, sometimes he goes too far into describing the good stuff that's going to get wrecked by the spooky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know. Like, give me a few, like, real good paragraphs of that, and then, like, you know, go on. Like, unless it's, like, a Dreamland story where, like, the whole point is, like, hey, like, there's this fleeting beauty to yeah, this, this world. Will not and last. that it <laughs> And it can't last. And, like, and that, like, describing it in a way that, like, makes you almost miss it at the end of the story. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, you know, if, if there's if there's a bunch of, like, frog people fucking people shit up, like, get get to that shit quick. Get to it. I like, want to know about like, frogs. I want to know about the frog people. I want to know. I want to know what they do with all the priests. Sh- tell me how they put their pikes, uh, put their heads on the pike and, like, I don't know, like, just does, like, that, like, old, like, you know that thing where you have, like, the giant Q-tips, but it's, like, instead it's, like, with uh, human heads. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> tell me that. Describe that, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know, like, you know, describe that. Describe but that, yeah. Getting better at it, though. Yes, he's definitely, um, he's definitely figuring out how to describe things, but still be kind of, um, 
And as you can tell by uh, Color Out of Space, by the time we get to, get to that point, he's a goddamn master at it. So. Oh, he's so um, <laughs> fucking good at it in the later a, stories. He's so good at it. I was listening to uh, I was listening to Lo-Fi, actually, and one of the mixes I was listening to, there's a song that takes ex- excerpts out of a reading of Shadow Over Innsmouth, and oh my god, it's so good. The way he describes oh. the fish people... It's the, well, the, um, incredible. Well, like, oh, like, talk about a good slow burn. Like, Shadow over in- Shadow over Innsmouth is. <sighs> That's why I love Shadow over Innsmouth. It all makes sense so- now. He describes yeah, no, things really well, and it's a slow burn. Yeah, it's just like you're. You're just like, hey, there's this dude, and he just wants to learn about this place, and then it gets like slowly oh, creepier man. and worse. And then you get to like these really action-packed scenes where he's trying to hide from all these people who oh basically want to yeah. convert him into a deep one. It's so good (laughs) but yeah um specifically part of that song is they it's a part where he uh describes the town of innsmouth like when he first arrives and then the other part is him describing the fish people when he first sees them like he'll describe things with a lot of words without really describing it (laughs) yeah and that's that's the good part about it yeah exactly that's great it's wonderful love it all right, shall we get down with the other gods? Uh, sure. Talk about Ulthar and um, Kadath and some other fun stuff. I mean, why why should we explore further explore things of some of our favorite stories we've read so far? But, I don't no. know. And you know what? Actually, I, I changed my mind. Let's read something. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I definitely don't want to know more about my favorite stories. <laughs> Man, Faith. I don't want to know more about the cats of Ulthar. The Other Gods, by H.P. Lovecraft. Atop the tallest of Earth's peaks dwell the gods of Earth, and suffer no man to tell that he hath looked upon them. Lesser peaks they once inhabited, but ever the men from the plains would scale the slopes of rock and snow, driving the gods to higher and higher mountains, till now only the last remains. When they left their older peaks, they took with them all signs of themselves, save once, it is said, when they left a carven image on the face of the mountain, which they call Negrenic. But now they have betaken themselves to unknown Kadath, in the cold waste, where no man treads, and are grown stern, having no higher peaks where to flee at the coming of men. They are grown stern, and where once they suffered men to displace them, they now forbid men to come, or coming, to depart. It is well for men that they know not of Kadath in the cold waste, else they would seek injudiciously to scale it. Sometimes when Earth's gods are homesick, they visit in the still night the peaks where they once dwelt, and weep softly as they try to play in the olden way on remembered slopes. Men have felt the tears of gods on white-capped thry, though they have thought it rain, and they have heard the sighs of gods and the plaintive dawn winds of Larion. In cloud ships, the gods are wont to travel, and wise cotters have legends that keep them from certain high peaks at night, when it is cloudy. For the gods are not as lenient of old. 
In Ulthar, which lies beyond the river sky, once dwelt an old man, avid to behold the gods of earth, a man deeply learned in the seven cryptical books of Hassan, and familiar with the Nakotic manuscripts of distant and frozen Lamar. His name was Barzai the Wise, and the villagers tell of how he went up a mountain on the night of the strange eclipse. Yeah, we got some um, some Polaris references already. Uh, I mean, don't wasn't that also the? Um, I think either the white ship or Selfaris. No, it's Selfaris. 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 Yeah. Noise. So yeah, this has a lot of. The Dreamland stuff, which I love. <laughs> um, I also like the idea that the gods have to keep going to higher and higher peaks. Because man is an asshole and won't stop climbing them. I, I feel like that's a metaphor for something. Hmm, what could it be a metaphor <laughs> for? <laughs> maybe, maybe, it- it's a metaf- maybe it's a metaphor for, uh, you know, men... Well, not man, but man as in a thing. People are just shitty. What? No. And, and the heights of their shittiness only go up. Wow, it's almost <laughs> like people act in a destructive way and don't consider that they might be harming something else. Barzai knew so much of the gods that he could tell of their comings and goings and guess so many of their secrets that he was deemed half a god himself. It was he who wisely advised the Burgesses of Uthar when they passed their remarkable law against the slaying of cats, and who first told the young priest Adel where it is that black cats go at midnight on St. John's Eve. Barzai was learned in the lore of Earth's gods, and gained a desire to look upon their faces. He believed that his great secret knowledge of gods could shield him from their wrath, so resolved to go up the summit of high and rocky Hathegkla, on a night when he knew the gods would be there. Hathegkla is far in the stony desert beyond Hatheg, for which it is named, and rises like a rock statue in a silent temple. Around its peak, the mists play always, mournfully, for mists are the memories of the gods, and the gods loved Hathegkla when they dwelt upon it in the old days. Often the gods of Earth visit Hithaeclaw in their ships of cloud, casting pale vapors over the slopes as they dance reminiscently on the summit under the clear moon. The villagers of Hithaeg say it is ill to climb Hithaeclaw at any time, and deadly to climb it by night when pale vapors hide the summit and the moon, but Barzai heeded them not when he came from neighboring Uthar with the young priest Adel, who was his disciple. Adel was the only son of an innkeeper, and was sometimes afraid. But Barzai's father had been a landgrave who dwelt in an ancient castle, so he had no common superstition in his blood, and only laughed at the fearful cotters. What is with people in H.P. Lovecraft's stories living in, like, old, ancient castles alone? Well, because it's spooky. Like, yeah. I mean... Did he what? want to live was... in an old, ancient castle alone? 
Because I'd understand. <laughs> if you give me the option, I, like, if I don't have to keep up with it, if I don't have to keep it up, because, you know, more rundown. I think that's the point, is, is, like, none of these people do any house cleaning in this castle. Like, I mean, I'd clean my space up, but the rest can oh, go yeah. to hell. Yeah, fuck um, it. But, like, I mean, like, I don't think I'd do it. Like, I mean, sorry, I think I would do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'd, I'd live in a spooky place. Like, if somebody's know? like, we want you to live in this spooky castle for a year, um, you're provided, like, a basic income. Like, you, you have everything so that you can live here for a year. Like, I would. Well, okay, what? Mm, okay there's one there's one thing yeah do i get to bring anything with me because sure i'll do the no wi-fi thing but i need to be able to bring a lot of books with me oh yeah no no there's there's nothing else to do in a big spooky ancient castle but read as as we have learned from hp lovecraft okay so okay yes i would do it i'd have to be able to get any book i want on demand yes on demand okay and i would also need like a really cool like hammock area where i could read <laughs> okay you would have to build that yourself but you can have it well i mean if i could get a hammock i could be like hey can you give me a hammock and like they'd be doing it. and That's then i can like, get a ham- you get you like know. one extra thing besides okay yeah okay that would be that's be my one extra wait do i have to have lights so do i get candles do They're i get unlimited candles there. you already got torches and candles and other spooky okay. means of light if, if they burn down do i get replacements yes mysteriously okay. every time they burn down they're replaced the next day you don't know who okay. does it somebody does it's not you okay so okay so as long as i get any book i want which i hope also includes comic books but you know it's whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i can get a hammock i'll, I'll set up in like a kind of you know kind of not too dank area i'll set set myself up a little reading corner Wait, wait, can I bring Dexter? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, you know, what is a spooky castle without a cat? Oh, yeah, there you go. You know. Yeah. I, I think I could make an argument. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, He's there so. for pest control. You don't want Hauntavirus. Yeah, exactly. So, I think. I don't know if Hauntavirus w- exists in Europe. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just about this. I'm, I'm all about this. Uh. About this stuff. Yes, definitely. I would love to live in an H.P. Lovecraft ancient castle. But yeah, even the goblin man from The Outsider lived. He had like a nice library where he learned about things and read stuff. So I'm sure you can read just about anything. No, you. the only comic books you have access to are um, Robert Liefeld. Um, okay, so, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I've, I've grown a little bit. I think. And while I don't like the art style, I do find it garish in a way that uh, <laughs> doesn't piss me off anymore. I know, right? Like, I don't find it, I don't find it, like, as repulsive. It's not nearly as bad as I used to think it was. No, no, like, there's, there's a garishness to it. Also, Rob Liefeld, like... It was a product of its time. Yeah, also, also, you know, like, he's a very important person, also. Not that bad of a person, personally, from what I can say. A little, yeah. a little lib, yeah. But you know, well, what we, do we you expect from it. a boomer? Yeah, whatever. What? Yeah, what do you expect from a boomer? Um, that being said, we should get back to this. Yes. Um, I, 
What you should know is I definitely want to live in an area, in a spooky castle, I definitely, as long as I get unlimited who books. Who doesn't want to live in a spooky castle where all you do is read Look, by candlelight? I, I, th- I do have to stress, I do need a dry place to sleep and oh, yeah, read. Yeah. I think, <laughs> but, I think in The Alchemist, he at least had that. Yeah, so as long as I have at least one dry place. You're good. I'm good. Everything else can be moist. Yeah. I just need... Also, I need food, but that, well, I can... Well, yeah, I can, that's part of the deal, is you somehow yeah. have food. Wait, wait, do, wait, is this, is this like a uh, like a DoorDash thing? I'm just like, yeah, I need some food. <laughs> See, like I, like I said, when we were reading The Alchemist, that old dude, he was just coming out because he's like, yo, are, my, are you my Uber Eats? <laughs> yeah. And then that kid immediately like throws his flashlight at him. Rude. What an asshole. Very rude. He's <laughs> like, hey, are you my Uber Eats? He's like, ah, oh my god. <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> okay, so really all we know is that, oh, two kids who, two people who wanted to be spooky just want to live in a spooky area. Oh, cool. oh my god. Wow. wow. <laughs> we're so, we're, we are very unique. Oh. <laughs> Just like all H.P. Lipkiss protagonists. <laughs> Barzai and Adol went out of Hathag into the stony desert despite the prayers of peasants and talked of Earth's gods by their campfires at night. Many days they traveled and from afar saw lofty Hathag Claw with its aureole of morning mist. On the thirteenth day they reached the mountain's lonely base and Adel spoke of his fears, but Barzai was old and learned and had no fears. So he led the way boldly up the slope that no man had scaled since the time of Sansu, who was written of with fright in the moldy, necotic manuscript. The way was rocky and made perilous by chasms, cliffs, and falling stones. Later it grew cold and snowy. And Barzai and Adol often slipped and fell as they hewed and plodded upward with staves and axes. Finally, the air grew thin and the sky changed color, and the climbers found it hard to breathe. But still they toiled up and up, marveling at the strangeness of the scene and thrilling at the thought of what could happen on the summit when the moon was out and the pale vapors spread around. For three days they climbed, higher and higher and higher, towards the roof of the world, when they camped to wait for the clouding of the moon. For four nights no clouds came, and the moon shone down on the cold through the thin, mournful mists around the silent pinnacle. Then on the fifth night, which was the night of the full moon, Barzai saw some dense clouds far to the north and stayed up with Adol to watch them draw nearer. Thick and majestic, they sailed slowly and deliberately onward, ranging themselves round the peak, high above the watchers, hiding the moon and the summit from view. For a long hour the watchers gazed, whilst the vapors swirled and the screen of clouds grew thicker and more restless. Barzai was wise in the lore of Earth's gods, and listened hard for certain sounds. 
But Adel felt the chill out of the vapors, and the awe of the night, and feared much. And when Barzai began to climb higher, and beckon eagerly, it was long before Adel would follow. So thick were the vapors, that the way was hard, and though Adel followed on at last, he could scarce see the grey shape of Barzai, and the dim slope above in the clouded moonlight. Barzai forged very far ahead, and seemed, despite his age, to climb more easily than Adel, fearing not the steepness that began to grow too great for any save a strong and dauntless man. Nor pausing at wide black chasms that Adel scarcely could leap, and so they went up wildly over rocks and gulfs, slipping and stumbling and sometimes awed at the vastness and horrible silence of bleak ice pinnacles and mute granite steeps. People just don't know how to take a hint. Like, maybe you're not supposed to be here. By the way, I'm just imagining Barzai as like a really buff old man. <laughs> hey God, I have some I have some grievances, God. I'm gonna go up there and beat you. Like, what's this old man doing on our mountain? And then he just punches one of them in the face and is like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you work in mysterious ways where I work in a straightforward way. My <laughs> fist, your face. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> My fist is rated E for all ages. <laughs> i'll throw i'll throw hands for anyone gods <laughs> children i don't care i'll pu- i'll punch a bitch the only one i won't throw hands for adel i love him yeah. i love him a lot he likes he likes he also likes cats a lot i like i won't throw hands at cats <laughs> adel cats everyone else good luck <laughs> you, you better be fast <laughs> Barzai and Adel went out of Hathag into the stony desert despite the prayers of peasants and talked of Earth's gods by their campfires at night. Many days they traveled, and from afar saw lofty Hathagkla, with its aureole of morning mist. On the thirteenth day they reached the mountain's lonely base, and Adel spoke of his fears, but Barzai was old and learned and had no fears. So he led the way boldly up the slope, that no man had scaled since the time of Sansu, who was written of with fright in the moldy, necotic manuscript. The way was rocky, and made perilous by chasms, cliffs, and falling stones. Later it grew cold and snowy, and Barzai and Adel often slipped and fell as they hewed and plodded upward with staves and axes. Finally, the air grew thin, and the sky changed color, and the climbers found it hard to breathe. But still they toiled, up and up, marveling at the strangeness of the scene, and thrilling at the thought of what could happen on the summit, when the moon was out and the pale vapors spread around. For three days they climbed, higher and higher and higher, towards the roof of the world when they camped to wait for the clouding of the moon. For four nights no clouds came, and the moon shone down on the cold through the thin, mournful mists around the silent pinnacle. Then on the fifth night, 
which was the night of the full moon, Barzai saw some dense clouds far to the north, and stayed up with Adol to watch them draw nearer, thick and majestic. They sailed slowly and deliberately onward, ranging themselves round the peak, high above the watchers, hiding the moon and the summit from view. For a long hour the watchers gazed, whilst the vapors swirled and the screen of clouds grew thicker and more restless. Barzai was wise in the lore of Earth's gods, and listened hard for certain sounds. But Adol felt the chill out of the vapors, and the awe of the night, and feared much. And when Barzai began to climb higher, and beckon eagerly, it was long before Adol would follow. So thick were the vapors, that the way was hard, and though Adol followed on at last, he could scarce see the gray shape of Barzai and the dim slope above in the clouded moonlight. Barzai forged very far ahead, and seemed, despite his age, to climb more easily than Adol, fearing not the steepness that began to grow too great for any save a strong and dauntless man nor pausing at wide black chasms that Adol scarcely could leap. And so they went up wildly over rocks and gulfs, slipping and stumbling and sometimes awed at the vastness and horrible silence of bleak ice pinnacles and mute granite steeps. <laughs> Adol was just like, dude, fucking chill. <laughs> Adel's like, Calm down. Adel's like, bruh, I can't fucking climb when you're screaming. <laughs> just, like, like I'm just because, like, I know this is supposed to be impactful, but I've just imagined this dude just wilding out while his friends just like, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so tired, please. I've, like, I just, like, I'm sorry, everyone. He's not normally like this. He's actually pretty good. I'm sorry, he just had like he's going to he, a nursing home after this. The last one he punched through the wall and left. <laughs> the last one, he was too strong to be contained. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but also, I like the I, I I've come up with a with a character idea uh-huh. that I need to play. Uh-huh. It's a person who has a personal grievance with a particular god and will do anything they can to fight that god. <laughs> Mono a mono. <laughs> I don't know what class it's going to be. I don't even know what it's going to do, but they will. That's their goal. They're just like, you know what? <laughs> Grog, like, what? Oh I forget God. the gods' names Bro. or whatever. God, God of love, I will find you and beat you up. Oh my God. Make, and- <laughs> make a warlock. And it's their patron. <laughs> and that's why they're their patron. They're like, listen, if you can get as powerful as me. <laughs> Oh my it god, no, that's <laughs> it's just like <laughs> No, that's 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 a goal. That's a goal. Just like Where they're hey. like, I gave you everything you could all this power, and you're like, fuck you. Yeah, I, I asked for a pony when I was five, and you specifically killed the pony I got. I'm gonna fucking murder it's you. It's like you performed <laughs> a blood ritual. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> you could just go and steal a pony. <laughs> Like, oh man, I just I love I'm this just old real. man just screaming, just screaming at the gods. It's real good. And poor Adel's <laughs> like trying to co- is like concentrating as hard as possible 
to not fall off this cliff. <laughs> Meanwhile, his old man friend is just like screaming in the distance. <laughs> the mist is th- just like, no, it's not. It's it's really thick, right? What are you talking about? I mean, about? like the light's a little brighter, but like, ugh, it's so cold. <laughs> oh man, I just, oh man, I love that. I love this is real good. I love him. I love him too. He's man. I'm. I'm gonna make a character based off of specifically him. <laughs> it's just a buff old man who wants to fight a god. <laughs> my head, my hands are rated G for gods. <laughs> Only gods. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, it's not a fair uh, fight. <laughs> oh god! Oh. Whilst Barzai was shouting these things, Adol felt a spectral change in the air. As if the laws of Earth were bowing to greater laws. For though the way was steeper than ever, the upward path was now grown fearsomely easy, and the bulging cliff proved scarce an obstacle when he reached it, and slid perilously up its convex face. The light of the moon had strangely failed, and as Adel plunged upward through the mists, he heard Barzai the Wise shrieking in the shadows. The moon is dark and the gods dance in the night. There is terror in the sky, for upon the moon hath sunk an eclipse, foretold in no books of men of earth's gods. There is unknown magic on Hathaic Claw, for the screams of the frightened gods have turned into laughter, and the slopes of ice shoot up endlessly into the black heavens, whither I am plunged. Hey! Hey, at last, in the dim light, I behold the gods of Earth. (laughs) The moon is a hologram. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like the NASA moon game. (laughs) They're like, Earth confirmed flat, moon confirmed flat. (laughs) The the Earth isn't hollow. It isn't flat. It is convex. <laughs> it is donut shaped, and the moon is the creamy center. <laughs> it's the donut hole. <laughs> Arguably more tasty than the donut itself. <laughs> I just, I just, I can't imagine this man other than like, like the end is nigh type screamer, but like, not like, like an entertaining one. Oh god. It's like um it's like Alex Jones if Alex Jones wasn't such a fucking shitbag. Somebody else can play your your um exasperated sidekick. Somebody else can play Adel. <laughs> just like listen, dude, I just really like cats. But this old man keeps climbing up this mountain and like somebody has to make sure he doesn't fall down. I just want this old man not to die. I can't stop him from fighting a god, but I sure can stop him from falling down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now that's my that's my new goal. I want to be the I want to be the one. I want to be the person that some very caring soul has to oh like chase god. after when I'm. <laughs> if we ever play See, a game where we're both players, I will very gladly be the addle to your bar's eye. Okay, good. I'm. I would gladly. I'm gonna fight a god. It's like, please. He just left the home. He thought he was doing really well. 
Um, he has to take his medication oh. a couple days. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I'll I'll have to come up. I'll have to come up. We're gonna have to convince you know, someone else. You know, to be when in the I game. was fifteen, I thought this was really cool to go punch a god. But now it's been three years, and I'm really fucking tired of this. <laughs> It's supposed to make me feel like Celephoris or or, um, or like uh, the Quest of Ironon. It but probably like, doesn't I just help keep. how I'm reading it either. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, it's just, I should I should have read this in my old man voice. It's like <laughs> in the dim light, I behold the gods of Earth. Are you my grandchildren? And now Adel, slipping dizzily up over the inconceivable steeps, heard in the dark a loathsome laughing, mixed with such a cry as no man ever heard, save in the phlegathon of unrelatable nightmares. A cry wherein reverberated the horror and anguish of a haunted lifetime, packed into one atrocious moment. The other gods! The other gods, the gods of the outer hells that guard the feeble gods of earth. Look away, go back. Do not see, do not see the vengeance of the infinite abysses, that cursed, that damnable pit. Mercy, the gods of earth, I am falling into the sky. And as Adol shut his eyes and stopped his ears and tried to jump, Downward against the frightful pole from unknown heights, there resounded on Hathay Claw that terrible peal of thunder, which awakened the good cotters of the plains and the honest burgesses of Hathag and Nur and Ulthar, and caused them to behold through the clouds that strange eclipse of the moon that no book ever predicted. And when the moon came out at last, Adol was safe on the lower snows of the mountain, without sight of Earth's gods or of the other gods. Now it is told in the moldy, necotic manuscripts that Sanzu found naught but wordless ice and rock when he climbed Hathag Claw in the youth of the world. Yet when the men of Uthar and Nur and Hathag crushed their fears and scaled that haunted steep by day in search of Barzai the Wise. They found graven in the naked stone of the summit a curious cyclopean symbol, fifty cubits wide, as if the rock had been riven by some titanic chisel, and the symbol was like no one that men have discerned in those frightful parts of the necotic manuscripts which are too ancient to be read, this they found. Barzai the wise was never found, nor could the holy priest Adel ever be persuaded to pray for his soul repose. Moreover, to this day, the people of Uthar and Nur and Hethag fear eclipses, and pray by night when the pale vapors hide the mountaintop and the moon, that above the mists on Hethag claw Earth's gods sometimes dance reminiscently, for they know they are safe and love to come from unknown Kadath in ships of clouds and play on the olden way as they did when Earth was new and men not given to the climbing of inaccessible places.
The end. Now, that being said, I still, it's just an old man who wants to just beat up a god. Really? Why else would he go up there? I mean, why? Like, the the whole reason people do stuff is to to conquer it most of the time. (laughs) You know, it's just like, hey, I'm going to climb my, my, like, this mountain because I want to be the one who conquers it. Me. And he wants to conquer the gods, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I like how, like, afterwards, they're like, Adel, are you going to pray for him? And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> that dude's dead. <laughs> he's, like, real dead. He's, like, extra dead. He's, like, double dead. He died, and then he died again. And then he probably died again after that. Like, he died, he went to hell, he went to other hell, and then he went to, like, yet another hell that we have not found out about yet. Like, it's some to-be-named hell that I guess I'll have to learn about at some other like, point. we'll... Because it's haunting my dreams. <laughs> we'll get there, and Barzai will be like, hi, and we'll be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> they made a new hell to send Barzai to. <laughs> They're like, fuck you, times infinity. <laughs> you can't believe H.P. Lovecraft wrote a story about an old man wanting to fight a god. Oh, the god. Sorry, there's more than one. Yeah, but yeah, this was a good story, though. This was. No, it's... I like the metaphor. The first... Also, another thing I noticed that ties it into the, um... Uh... The dream world is, um... The cloud ships that the gods use. It was very similar to the white ship in Silipharis. And, um, Exoblivion when he... Yeah. Oh. Because I think it's in the white ship he, yeah, he talks about, well, a white ship. And they sail across the sky. I also just want the ships to be the same as the one in the white ship. Because, damn old man, you could have just gone to a lighthouse and waited for a little bit. They would have come and gotten you. They would have been like, yo, (laughs) get in, loser. We're going shopping. (laughs) Get in, loser. We're going to go to a world of unrealized desires. And you're like, neat, what's that like? And they're like, we can't actually go there. It's unrealized. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you go in there, it becomes realized. And then, you know, then we have to kind of shut it down. It's demons and bones. It's not a great place. Yeah. It looks really good from the outside. It turns out unrealized desires mostly lead to death. It's like when you see a new McDonald's and then you actually go inside. You're like, fuck, this is just like every other McDonald's I've ever been to. You know that you know that feeling in the back of your head when you think like I should jump. Well, that's an un, that's an unrealized desire. <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's an intrusive thought, don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is what this place is. Yeah. It's it's nothing See, but that. That's what Barzai did like wrong. Sh- he he listened to his intrusive thoughts. <laughs> they were like, "Yo, go punch a god," and he's like, "Sounds good." I'll put it on the memo. I'll climb a whole ass mountain just to do it. I just love, I love Adel just being so done with everything. And afterwards, he's like, I'm not fucking praying for him. He's on his own. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just real, I'm just real into this, this duo. Like, I want, like, I feel like, like, if this, like, got some steam and he wasn't close to death, um, <laughs> we could have gotten a whole, just a whole, 
a whole series. Like maybe he found that new hell that he didn't even know yeah. about. And then Adel <laughs> got out. He climbed the mountain in that one. It turns out that was just the mount like he upside down version of the mountain he was oh, on. Shit. So he was Yeah. And then like it just like, wow, look at me. I'm I'm back. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And then they have a whole adventure together. I was like, can we go back to the cats? And Barsai is like, no. Not yet. That one can go. (laughs) But only because they follow us. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Do you want to rank it? Okay, yeah. Let's do HP Listcraft. A listomania The glass but it grow yeah, but let's rank let's this. Let's do it. Okay. okay, so. What would you say it's on par so, with? <sighs> I mean, at least, hmm. I want to say around the Nameless City. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it better than Nameless City? See, the thing is, is like, this one made me come up with silly stuff earlier than the Nameless yeah. City. So I'm, I I kind of want to put it below it, but is it is it better oh, than the music of Oh, they're both kind of Zong? about man's hubris as well. They are. They're both about a bunch of people telling some dude, "Don't do that," and then he does it, <laughs> and then it ends up well, very badly for him. Well, the thing is, though, is like as this was supposed to be. I don't know if spooky is the right word, but like you know, introspective. I think. It was supposed to be introspective, and all it did was just make me think of a guy <laughs> yelling at the moon that it's fake and it needs to stop hiding its <laughs> secrets. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> the goddamn hologram moon. Where's the projector? <laughs> like... Which I don't think it was supposed to evoke that. No. Which I feel like that is I feel like, like if, but maybe- if we were born in like 1890 and we <laughs> we lived through that time period until 1933 when this was written, like we would get it. But unfortunately, we're born in the 90s and it is now 2020. <laughs> It sounds like a flat earther realizing that the experiment <laughs> that just did proves them wrong. And they say, no, no, we didn't Maybe do it right. Maybe he found the projector for the moon. And it's like some cheap, like, $50 Amazon projector. And he just fucking threw it down the mountain. It's like, god damn it! It's not even a good projector! <laughs> so, so yeah, it's... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm going to put, I think I want to put it under the music of Eric's song. Yes. I, yep. I would agree with that. I was thinking that too. Now, is it, is it better, is it better than Beyond the Wall of Sleep? Hmm. No classism. That's already plus for it. Yeah. It's an old man and his sidekick trying to punch the moon. It's, I feel like it's paced better than Beyond the Wall of Sleep. It doesn't have as much classism, which I appreciate greatly. I will say that Beyond the Wall of Sleep, it's one of those stories that I feel like if it got another re- if it got another pass when he was a little bit older. Oh yeah, like if it'd be a lot like better. if yeah, if he had rewritten it and tweaked it, it de- yeah, definitely. Like it's still a good story technically, but, yeah, but it we've been, read too many other it, good it stories. It could have been up there. Yeah, it was for a long time. It's just we read other we stories. We read Dagon and that later. just annihilated everything right away. 
<laughs> yeah. He was so good. <sighs> Man, how dare he write something that good so early and then kind of coast on some mediocre stories for a while. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 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 how dare you, sweet Ermengarde. Or The Heart of a Country Girl by Percy Simple is a masterpiece. <laughs> Sorry, I can even like keep it straight, we'll say. Oh man. It's so okay, well I think I think we're done. Yeah. So it is above the walls beyond the wall sleep. Yeah. Above beyond the wall sleep. <sighs> above beyond a bath above beyond the wall sleep. <laughs> Bed bath and Above beyond the wall sleep. <laughs> it took oh me a God. really long time to get there, but I did it. <laughs> so okay, Bed, wait. Bath and beyond the wall sleep. <laughs> now I want to conceptualize that into a thing. It's just bed, bath, and then like where everyone becomes a fiery god with a nemesis. <laughs> you go to Bed, Bath, and Beyond, and you discover what lies beyond the wall of sleep. That's what happens. That's what happens when you sleep on the display beds. <laughs> You're like, wow, this looks really comfy. It's memory phone. You lay on there, and suddenly, suddenly you see the true nature of the cosmos, and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, how much is this? Oh, it's yeah. still too expensive. Can't buy it. <laughs> You you spin you spin aeons in another world realizing your true potential as a god and then you're just like oh man that was a dream and then you come back and you buy a slap shop <laughs> uh, and, you're, and then okay. you go home and you're like why the fuck did I buy this <laughs> I could I could have just learned how to chop better with a I could have just, just got a knife I sharpener. I just learned how to use a what? fucking knife. <laughs> well, to be fair, like a lot of that stuff is meant for it's like meant for people, people with disabilities. Differently. Yeah. All right. What do you have to plug, Jesse? Okay, I have another podcast called Into Riverdale, or technically into into the bad into the Radlands. Just go to Daniel's my my co host thing. Uh, add. Podcalypse, which is apocalypse with a D at the end, with the with the D in the middle, so it's like a, a pod individual, like you know, yes. as in a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just go there; you'll get the, the RSS feed and everything um, there. But yeah, we talk about Riverdale, and uh, it's really good. Uh, we, uh, as the time of recording this, we're we were talking about season two, and. We do a thing where we make an uh, where we try to set the episode in a different universe, an alternate universe. <laughs> um, and we chose reality oh show. We God, just yes. ended up coming up. <laughs> we just came up with the idea of uh, of a different re- of a reality show where it's every contestant is a single uh, parent child oh combo, God, and yes. it's also Love Island. There's so many of so, them on there. <laughs> So it's like Love Island, oh but with but with Riverdale characters. I no, no, yeah. Well, no, no. We we abandoned the doing Riverdale. We just talked about the <laughs> the <laughs> idea of of having a Love Island, but everyone, but all the sexy like young people also have a older. Well, yeah, like everybody on Riverdale has parent. a single parent. Well, not really. Half of them actually have whole homes, but you only see like one of their parents regularly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, that's because that's because Hal is a is a human void of charisma. <laughs> um, but and also Alice, Alice Cooper, which by the way, real name, uh, Alice Cooper just burst into rooms with some bullshit, and it's just the most pristine bullshit every I time. Love, and I love it. I love Mad Cinemake, <laughs> so that makes perfect sense to me. But uh, but yeah. So also her she she is American, and she has no right to have that weird of a name, right? Matchenemic. She was also in um, Twin Peaks. That was the first series yeah, she was she- in. Yeah. But that being said, um, yeah, listen to it. It becomes real unhinged. Uh, like, <laughs> like we realized at some points that if you watch it without the sound on, which we do, so we keep on focus because we cannot remember every plot point. No. Uh, even though we watch it. No. Um, uh, it turns out that a lot of times that it, it, there's a lot of homoeroticism in that show. It's sapphic energy <laughs> that you don't get when you're watching, when you're listening. Um, and not from the so. like actual sapphic or uh, MLM characters. No, no. It's just like, because there was a scene where uh, Betty was was threatening uh, Cheryl and it looked oh like God. one of those yes. uh, it looked like one of those por- it looks like one of those porns where it's just like aggressive lesbian is trying it's to like, like I'm getting bullied convince- by my se- stepsister <laughs> well no no more like it's just like hey I don't I've never been with a girl before and I'm scared and it's just like hey I've been with girls and I'm gonna be with you type, type of energy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and it came off like that. I'm just like, wow, this is very sapphic in a way that I know a lot of. I know a lot of people to be into this. Oh my this. god! Now I um, know why I like Riverdale. This explains well, also, it. Also, also the ultimate chaotic by uh, Cheryl. Cheryl, she Blo- is uh, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, she's the ultimate chaotic. She's, beautiful. By- she's actually by yeah, like she's a disaster. Yeah. She stole a scene without actually talking by walking in with thigh high stiletto boots, like it, it just like just sitting on a counter and crossing her legs, and she just like just like wow, how did you do that? I love Cheryl so much. Like there was another point where like she like her mom had third degree burns and she was following the gurney, and she just looks over her shoulder and winks. And, then, and that was it. Yes. That was the only interaction. I'm just like, wow, what? How do you do this? <laughs> it's a mystery <laughs> so uh, yeah riverdale is a is a great show that is compelling trash uh you should watch yes, it with us yeah it's much easier with commentary over it yeah um you should go check out my webcomic it's called grace's wings at graceswings.com it's in urban horror fantasy it's very fun somehow the main character did not end up being a hot redhead unlike every other urban fantasy with a female protagonist. Which is, which is just a failing on your part, I know. honestly. I don't know why. I was like, what if we made this interesting? What if she was just a big fucking nerd that wore giant t-shirts from when she was 13? <laughs> what, what, like, you, what you should have been thinking, like, what if she was wearing pleather pants and had a really great ass? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, and her hair was red. Yeah, and her hair is there is a hot I mean, redhead really with gra- pleather pants in that series later on, but uh, <laughs> she's not the main character. I mean, I don't she know. Is, you need to have more she- badass TM women. <laughs> more strong uh, women. Damn. I, I need strong, strong female badass women. I need more st- strong female protagonists. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> 
I tried to make the the protagonist more uh, grounded. I'm so sorry. I should have just made her hot. Yeah, should have. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, gracebeings.com. Go check it out. There will be pleather pants later. Just give okay. it some time. All right. Well, um, as you as they say, you are an irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening static howl is like no other. And if it faded from the abyss, the void that would remain would be unfillable, and the mansions of silence would forever fill with our lament. Okay, bye. Ain't nothing to it. But bye. Tell me I ain't got no chance. I say screw it. Looking at me funny like fuck you doing.